Welcome, everybody. This is uh, my conversation with Tam Spires, um, who was kind enough to jump in on a podcast episode with me today. Um, Tam, you, you shared a little bit with me before that you have uh, a history of anxiety, depression, PTSD. Um, obviously, those are um, very serious issues, but here on the Best Medicine podcast, we like to bring a little bit of lightness to those issues. Um, as I'm sure you can appreciate having dealt with that for, I'm not sure how long, but, um, but yeah, so I wanted to maybe start off, um, by asking you kind of just that, you know, I don't know how long this has been a problem for you, but how do you keep things light, you know, amidst some of the heaviness that, that those diagnoses can bring? Well, thank you, Ryan, for, first of all, for having me on your show. I really appreciate that. Um, I haven't done a lot of interviews. I've done a couple, but this will be, yeah, probably like maybe my second in the community. But um, as far as how long I've been dealing with the issues I have, uh, that really dates way back to when I was just a couple of years old and my, my little brother died. Uh, he he choked to death basically. And, um, I didn't find out that that's how far back my issues stemmed until I got in recovery for alcoholism, which I've been sober nine plus years. So that's, that's when I started to unearth what had really gone on for me most of my life. And I'll be 50 in August. So it's a long time. (laughs) Well, congratulations on on the sobriety. I've, I've worked, I spent a lot of time working, um, in inpatient and outpatient substance abuse. So I know how hard that can be. Thank you. Thank you. It's one of the things I'm most proud of aside from my children. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, um, and, and you just mentioned having children, so they, they certainly can help with some of the lightness that that's required to, to deal with some of these, um, mental health issues. Um, would you say that they're a big part of your, um, recovery process, I guess, or, or your um, ability to keep things light? Yeah, I think the biggest piece, uh, the biggest role they play is the fact they are a constant reminder of why, um, even though, you know, recovery and, uh, from alcoholism or mental illness or anything, life in general, always has to be about yourself first. You know, you have to want to do all of that and and be uh part of that process for your own self i get that piece but the right right underneath that is my children and being able to look them in the face and see how happy they are that i am in a spot where you know like i've worked on my recovery i work on my mental health issues and just knowing uh knowing how happy it makes them is such a driving force for me. The other thing is that I'm so excited that, you know, like I, I always tell people, you know, my, my grandchildren never have to see me drunk or, or, or use, you know, you know, drugs, drugs are a small part of my history, but very small, but um, alcohol is the biggest piece of, of, of the, of substance issues. But uh, I always say that my, my grandchildren never have to see me uh, drunk. And at some point, if you were to say that to them, the thought would be absurd to them. Like, that, no, there's no, yeah. Th- yeah. 
there's no way grandma was ever drunk, <laughs> you know, like, so, and that makes me really happy. That, yeah. that keeps me really centered on, on that part of my things. As far as the, the anxiety, the PTSD, those things were unearthed. Like I said, during my recovery process from okay. alcoholism. Sure. So, you know, for a while I did the, the medicine thing, um, was on the highest dose of Prozac available to man. And, you know, I did that for, well, probably eight years of my sobriety. I spent most of my life untreated anxiety. Now you want to talk about keeping it light. Here's a story, you know, right out of the files for my children that, you know, just totally sums up how it was living with untreated anxiety we would go to the store i you know in in my mind i'm thinking you know a single mother um not tons of money available to me but i always worked hard to try to have anything that that uh that, that we needed or wanted so we're in the store and you know i'm shopping for things the kids you know it's two two young boys and they're like, mommy, can I have this? Mommy, can I get this or whatever? And, you know, all I'm thinking in my mind, do I have enough money? What should I get this? Should I get that? Maybe I should get this. What if I did this? Meanwhile, I'm being interrupted with my kids, you know, oh, and, sure. and I'm just like, shush, you know, I don't know. Wait just a minute. You know what? Finally, it climaxes to if you ask me for one more thing, we're leaving. Oh, yeah. And they just sort of look at me, and you know, whatever. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, and literally, literally, you know, of course, the one more thing comes. They're kids. Yeah. <laughs> of Let's course, the one more thing comes. Yeah. And we literally turn on our heels. I, that's it. Let's go. And I'll leave a whole cart full of stuff. And now, you know, it's it's really funny. And, and we talk about it. I mean, the kids talk about it sometimes. They'll joke and be like, oh, yeah, mom, remember when we left Izzy's that one time? Because I did that one more thing. <laughs> and, you know, it's, memory, yeah. it, it's just like it's seriously, I never knew till it fast forward to really working on my issues. That was all untreated anxiety. All that crazy conversation going on in my head that the kids weren't privy to right the you know but all they saw is mom just wow she's just flying off the handle but yeah many many stories like that very oh, very sure. thankful i don't have to respond that way anymore yeah yeah that's that's such a huge uh i think recognition of difference and progress not just for you but for them too um yeah, we're actually going through some of that um, at, at my house right now as well. We're going through potty training. I have a, a two and a half year old. Um, oh boy. Yeah. So, you know, um, being a, a behaviorist and a therapist, you know, I sort of uh, naturally expect things to have a, a gradual progression, but potty training just doesn't work that way. Uh, it sure doesn't. <laughs> yeah, you know, she'll she'll have uh, three or four nights in a row where she's you know, uh, dry through the whole night and she wakes up and she's so excited. Um, and then, um, you know, randomly then, uh, the next night or the next morning she'll come in and she'll say, you know, I pee peed in my bed, you know, and so sad. And even knowing, I think knowing on some level that, you know, not that we're upset or that we're sad. Um, right. But that there's a different expectation and that she's disappointed that, and, and as a parent, you sort of worry like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want you to take on like my anxiety about your behavior. 
I just, right. I just want you to be happy and, and doing the things that are going to make you comfortable. And, you know, typically, you know, wetting the bed doesn't make someone comfortable. Um, right. So it's, it's, you know, as a parent, um, you know, the, the sort of anxiety that children can give you, you know, you don't want let to have an impact on them, but whether it's in the store or in the bathroom at six o'clock in the morning, sometimes it's, it's unavoidable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I appreciate you sharing that story. And I think, um, you know, the other thing hearing you talk about the, the sobriety piece, you know, working um, in an inpatient substance abuse facility for a long period uh, especially just starting out um, in the mental health field, one of the biggest things I had an appreciation for was the sort of lightness and even humor that people um, often brought or at least tried to bring, I think, at times to, you know, the disease of addiction. You know, we had AA and NA meetings come into the facility and you could you could tell that people wanted to make it light wanted to make it normal you know even amongst mm -hmm. really difficult stories and and painful emotions that people were dealing with um yeah so i think that's something i always had an appreciation for and that i think part of my hope even just with this podcast is to be able to bring some of that lightness to other aspects of mental health as well um you know, it's not to make light of them. They are obviously very right. serious issues, but but to be able to be light around them, I think, and, and just be able to have conversations about um, being depressed or being anxious or having PTSD, mm -hmm. just as if it were, you know, a, um, you know, a physical diagnosis. Like people don't, people are not ashamed necessarily of having diabetes. People are not, um you know, super cautious about talking about their um, allergies, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, and I think part of my hope with this podcast and just in general for the progress of mental health is it becomes normal and just sort of uh, every day to talk about this stuff. So um, I don't know if that's been your experience over the, the years of recovery now that you've uh, accumulated. Absolutely. Yeah, I... I find personally, I mean, and this just, again, is, I think it's just my nature. I just, I love to laugh. I seem to have a knack for making others laugh. Part of that, though, again, what I unearthed in my recovery process is that I use humor as sort of, a, you know, a defense. I've, I've done that since a very, since I was a little kid. If I make people laugh, then, you know, enough, they don't really take a look at the authentic me or whatever, sort of as a protection mechanism and so forth. So I just got really, really good at it. You know, I can, I can make people laugh in the most trying of times to be honest and uh i i find that i do bring a lot of humor and lightness and so forth even with the serious issues of mental health and sobriety and you know and so forth and i also just find the lighter i can keep myself the easier it is to manage those issues it really is you know Absolutely. i just want to walk around so uptight oh uh, uh, i'm an alcoholic yeah. uh, uh, i'm i have a uh, ptsd and oh i'm i'm so depressed i'm so anxious the more i stay stuck in that type of stuff yep. uh, it, it it just is unhelpful i mean the bottom line it's unhelpful yep. i wish that there was some way that you know if the the only message that people could get from even this this uh, conversation yep. is that lighten up 
you, you will solve a good percentage of your issues just lightening up, finding yeah, a way yeah. to lighten up. Yep. Yeah, because I mean, we, we, you think about it in terms of the weight of depression, and even that's, you hear that phrase, you know, the weight of depression. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. And um, I think that in large part, that's, that's because of this perception of, you know, other people can't handle, you know, my problems, other people can't handle, you know, my symptoms. And I think oftentimes, mm-hmm. the reality is, is that um, we, we give ourselves that perception that like, you know, this, yeah. this is so painful for me. This is so difficult for me to cope with, you know, who else would want to know about this? Who else would want to hear right. about this? Um, yeah. And I think by being able to give it lightness or even just to be able to treat it with lightness that, you know, if it was just an everyday thing, you might see that people are really receptive to, you know, even just listening if you need to vent or, or offering mm-hmm. support if, um, if there's some other, you know, Thing that you need to help you cope um but yeah i really liked what you said about sort of that self-awareness of using um lightness or humor as a sort of defense mechanism um it's that sort of classic um laughing when i could be crying um right and and i think you know that that has its uses you know because it's not always the best time to be having an emotional breakdown so so sometimes yes <laughs> um laugh to just kind of get through that moment and then give yourself the space to have the authentic emotional response later on um but it is a really important i think self-awareness piece to be able to say you know am i being genuine with how i'm feeling right now about this problem or how i'm feeling today in general Sure. And, and the thing is too, is like, I, you know, you said something that made me think about, I can't think of one time where it was convenient to have a, an emotional oh, meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> Great point. Yes. I can't think of one time where I was like, Ooh, this is right on time. Yeah, no, <laughs> oh, but that's so even, great. I was, you yeah. know, like, there's not one time where I was like, perfect. I was hoping this would happen right now. Yeah. No, never. Not, not one, not one time. And, uh, you know, but, but just knowing like I have people in just as early as a couple of days ago, I was sort of in, in emotional distress a couple of days ago. Well, no, it was yesterday. Actually, I'm just realizing it was yesterday, but I didn't let that, like, I wanted so badly to just lay in bed and, and, and live in all that stuff I was feeling. And I, and I somehow found the power. Now this is the trick. You know, you can't always find the power. I know people sometimes don't have the power just to reach your hand up get the phone call somebody whatever you don't always have that power and I'm not gonna sit here and act like you do always okay I'm thankful yesterday I was able to get on the phone with a couple of people in my network that I could get serious with you know there is a time to get serious there are times you are in distress and it isn't funny you know but there is a lot of that time in between distress out of that time you can laugh it up all right you can get light you can start looking from the outside when you're not in super distress take a look and say man that's so silly how i would just leave a full cart of groceries in the (laughs) store and my kids are looking at me like wow mom really yeah (laughs) yeah so i sometimes with um folks i work with that's uh you know these sort of metaphors are really useful and when it's when we're talking about emotions it's you know, you're going into the ocean and sort of these waves or things are hitting you. And it might not be a great time to try to force humor or lightness in the middle of being hit by the wave. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that that wave is going to calm down that, you know, those intense, um, whether it be catastrophic thoughts of anxiety or, 
um, low motivating uh, thoughts of depression, you know, those thoughts might pass or might even um, the sort of intensity of them might decrease. So then when you can notice that, you know, being able to, just as you said, to take the moment to say, you know, God, this is, this is kind of ridiculous, isn't it? I wonder if I can, um, you know, try something different or even try something silly, even just to kind of snap myself out of this. Not, not that it's that easy, but yeah. that sometimes you need that different approach right. or, um, you know, different viewpoint to, to give yourself some more energy or to give yourself um, some, some serenity, right? Yeah, and I think it's also just similar to um, physical fitness. I feel like when you start flexing those type of muscles, is this like, you know, maybe you have a meltdown and then couple of days and in that couple of days that you're okay maybe try some of those things out maybe try to laugh at yourself sometimes about some of this stuff you know some of it's not going to be funny again you know some of it might be maybe you can reach into your mindset a little bit maybe you can I don't know I'm not going to pretend to say you know I don't want any listeners yeah. out there to say you don't understand no I do I do. Trust me. I do. I get those days where it is. I literally just want to close all the blinds and you know what? Close for business. Can't do it. I get it. I totally get it. But there, but there's, I I refuse to believe that it's a hundred percent that way every single day. There are times in your day when you can get light. Okay. Flip on a comedy. I don't know what you got to do. Something. (laughs) <laughs> there's got to be something to make you smile somewhere That's right. along the line. And yeah. And I, um, you know, especially muscle. with anxiety, you know, the ability for you to be curious about um, life, about things that, that are out there, that curiosity, I think goes a long way towards, you know, trying something different. You know, a lot of times people get stuck in this sort of anxiety and depression cycles because they're, they're exactly that they're stuck in this sort of routines that are not working for them. So I, I think of the um, like the curiosity approach as mm-hmm. being very light. I just, you know, let me see what happens if I go for a walk. Let me see what happens if I listen to a funny mm-hmm. podcast or, um, you know, put on a funny show that I like. Um, you know, let me see what happens if I call my friend who's always in a good mood. Um, you know, that, that curiosity, I think, can go a long way towards giving us right. – um, a different experience, you know, a different perspective, a different thought, a different feeling. Yeah. And I get it. It's scary. It is scary. Doing the opposite of what you think you should do is scary business. It's very scary business, but I'm here to hopefully encourage even one person to just try one thing different and tomorrow you know once you do that tomorrow try to and build on that that has literally been sort of the cornerstone of how things have gotten better for me is i used to even say this back in you know my early recovery days today i'm going to do one good thing and if i get that right tomorrow i might try two but just for today i'm going to do one and, and, and then I remember one time and this will, you know, sort of lighten it up. It was one time I remember telling my grandfather, 
that, you know, he's like, well, how's it going? You know, whatever. Um, and I told him, I, you know, I have it in my mind to do one good thing, grandpa, one good thing. And today I did five. I'm ahead of schedule. I'm going to probably take a couple days off. <laughs> yeah. I like that. You know, giving yourself permission to have, you know, days where you don't expect so much from yourself. Um, yeah, that's, that's great. Um, right. Actually, I think that's a, a really good note to, to sort of wrap our conversation on, um, to be able to try something new each day, um, to finding lightness and, and sort of giving yourself permission to, to do it. Because, you know, li- life's too hard to, to be serious every day. And, um, you know, I think when, when we can look things um, through that slightly different lens, we can often find something that's really helpful. So, um, so Tam, I want to really thank you so much for having the conversation today. And I would love for you to plug your podcast. Okay. Well, right now, as we talked a little earlier, I am just kind of rocking Tam's world. I built that on anchor. I love anchor.fm. Um, and I'm in, sort of using it as an experiment to try, try to find my voice and so forth. But I will be launching Recovering Woman, which will go into more personal stories and, and personal experiences and hopefully awesome. have some guests like myself. Well, that's, my um, <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that because I think these are the conversations that need to happen. My hope is that people will continue to to talk about this stuff, you know, heavy or light, um, serious or not. This is stuff that I think just you know, it, it can be okay for it to be normal. Um, so best of luck with the podcasts. Um, I'd love to talk to you again anytime you feel like talking about mental health. Thank you um, give me a shout. Um, and uh, I hope everything continues to go well for you. All right. Thank you All so right, you much, too. Thanks Ryan. Lot, it's been wonderful talking with you.